Thank you, dude. Before we make that announcement, hi, thanks for joining us for another edition of Chronic Conversations. My name is Jerry Leonard, used to be AKA Jerry Anderson, no more. Sad face. Sad face here. Um, as recently as I'll tell my guests right quick, uh, uh, I, I hate when guys say retired from wrestling, like I'm an independent nobody, so, but uh, I can't lace the boots up anymore. Shout out to 4611, uh, Kevin Kenny uh Tracy. All you guys out there for the wonderful seats at the fight. It was a great night of fights. Congratulations to Avius Griffin. Um, who the, is underdog. Now, the underdog. who is now 7-0. and oh. Let me stand up a little bit, show the merch. That's the... That's Team Red Nose. Team Red Nose. Bodies drop. So you can get that t-shirt on his Facebook or on his Instagram, underscore the underdog. You'll find him there or on Facebook. Also, congratulations to Cleo MCM, um, who is not only a, a great local rapper, but also starting a great career in professional boxing at 1-0. and zero. Congrats to you as well, sir. We'll have uh, more stuff coming up with them and 4611. At, uh, at some point in time, uh, thank you again to Not Bad Creations, Thompson's Personal Training, and Jesse's Resale. And right now we have a very special guest, only because he's got that awesome pullover on, comic Eric Lomas. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Oh, thanks for having me. So um, I already know we have a lot in common because we both obviously like to uh, make people laugh, laugh, and we like the Titans. So. Um, I, I feel like we're brothers, and I'm expecting the invite to the next family reunion in the mail at any time, brother. So. Sure. I mean, same here. Same and here. Question, when you say you're retired from wrestling, are you the Undertaker retired? Are you another wrestler? Are you actually retired? To be determined. To be determined. That's why I hate to use that word anyway, because it's like I, I'm putting it on pause. Basically, what has happened is – my body's not holding up, and the stuff I used to do to rehab in between breaks at this age is not helping the injuries as much as it had before. It's taking longer to heal, and it's starting to affect some other areas of my life. So I'm going to at least cut back to. I can completely understand. Yeah, that's that's. Things fixed. It's supposedly fake, but that shit still hurts. Yeah, it's. I have <laughs> done. I've done submission grappling. I've done amateur MMA. I've done amateur boxing. Um. Football, uh, you name it. Damn. Nothing has torn me up or, or gave me more injuries than the fake stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I'm a, huge, I'm, a huge I'm a huge wrestling fan too. Well, good man. We we like I said, we can talk about that uh, uh, as well. You was telling me before we got started though, you've been a comic for around nine years. Correct. What? What was the trigger that made you finally decide to get on stage? Because I know there's a lot of people out there that may want to do it. It's terrifying. I'm sure it was scary to you. What what was what was the point where he's like, I, I, I need to get up here and do this? Like where the itch overcame the fear. Well, my me and my buddy were sitting in my living room and I saw that uh, on Facebook. Uh, the comedy catch was having an open mic and I asked him, Hey, if you think I can do this, let's do it. And I did it. And, uh, it was scary at first, but it's like anything else. Once you got on there, you got the itch. I, like you said, like anything else, once you do something, you get the itch and you want to do it over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Once you've done it that first time, it's anything I've done from the podcast to pro wrestling. It's that first time, a lot of nerves going in, but after you've done it, he's like, yeah, that's, that's where I'm supposed to be. Did, yeah. 
have you yet? I know you've been in nine years, and they say it takes at least, and, and, it, and it takes a while on podcasts and pro wrestling, no matter what you're doing. But but the term is still the same, kind of finding your voice. Do you, do you feel like you found your voice? Or are you still looking for that? I I think I found my, my voice. I um I try not I I try not to overdo it and overcomplicate things. My comedy is mostly uh, about everyday life. Uh, when I started comedy. I was married at the time, so I was doing jokes about being married. Uh, now I went through a divorce and uh, making the uh, jobs. I make jo- jokes about being divorced and single, and also dating. Payments based on the jokes you wrote on that. Does she get any compensation for being a part of the divorce, or does that not have that? No, work? no, okay. no. She that wasn't the paperwork. That was her problem, not mine. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she should have read the writing. <laughs> What, what has been the, the hardest thing so far about being a comic? And I'll say this for any creative that's trying to break even, let alone make a living. I, I know when it comes down to it, it it's money. And, and you want to make people laugh. I want people to watch. But at the end of the day, it would be nice if we didn't have to go to that nine to five um, job. Yeah, the nine to five job. <laughs> Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, people think because you're a pro wrestler, they see you on TV or, or at the comedy catch, you're automatically rich and stuff. But yeah. other than the aspect, what has been the hardest part um, about being a comic? One is uh, is getting other, getting other clubs to give you a chance. Uh, the comedy catch have been very, very kind to me. Michael and Fano, Danielle. They've been very kind to me. They've let me have stage time, more than a, a, a whole lot of stage time, and I've learned a lot from him, especially Michael. But it's just getting other people to give me a chance because i that's all I want is a chance. There's other – I have like a bucket list of places I would love to do, like the Stardome, that stage I would love to do. Uh, I would love to do a main show at Zany's. I've done an open mic. It's just getting other – getting up because there's so many comics out there. Right. And and you know how it is. It's politics. Same thing in wrestling. There's politics. Yeah. People yeah. got their buddies and stuff like that. And Grab you just want to do Yeah. Not what you know who you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, and that's you, about it. I've uh, and sometimes writing. My writing comes a little slow. Uh, sometimes because I like I said, I base my stuff off my life, and I try to stay away from politics and religion because nothing divides a room more than politics and religion. I try to stay away from the controversial stuff as much as I can, but I told you who's been on my show before, so they like to yeah. just throw it up there in the middle of a conversation about, I don't know, suit, you know. Well, there's so many people in here joke about the president now and the president we had before, and, and so many people can hear them jokes, because some people just want, I want to be that one that stands out and uh, says the jokes that's based off my life, that everybody can uh, basically uh, uh Connect with. Connect with or relate. Resonate because yeah. no matter what kind of creative you are, that's what you want people to do with your art is just it, for it to resonate. You know, for you, you want it to resonate in the fact that they laugh. I mean, I want people right. to to watch this show. Um, other than money and that, you were talking about your writing earlier. Uh, uh, what are your methods? I've, I've heard several uh, different methods when it comes to all kinds of writing from books to, to that to comedy, but uh, is it one of those things where do you just – all right, like from six to seven, I need to sit down and write some comedy. 
or does it just come to you and you write it as it comes to you? Or how do you? Go I about it? write as it comes to me, and I think about a joke as it comes to me. Sometimes I even think of a joke at work, and I'm thinking in my head while I'm working it. Right, but right. I can't sit there and write a joke because once I sit down, I my head uh, everything goes blank. I I can't do that because I don't know. I think it's my ADHD. Yeah, <laughs> you can't sit there and concentrate. Same here. And and if I get a good idea, I, I I immediately. If it's not immediately, I'll I'll say it over and over in my head trying to remember it. But by the end of the day, I'll remember I had a great idea, but it'll be gone. Right. Sometimes you put it down. Hey, you always have your phone with you. Just write a note in your phone, like if it's one word to remind you, because I don't write a whole joke out word by word. Yeah. Because if you're doing that, it sounds robotic. I I might not say the exact words all the time, but I get to I pretty much say the same thing over sometimes. Plus, words are like moves in a match. You need to change them around to change the dynamic or the perspective or or. For your crowd, even you might want to change a little bit of it. So right. it's one of those things that you kind of listen to the crowd and 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 do you ever do that? Are you ever telling a joke and you just for whatever reason it comes off your head in a certain way and you're like, that's the way I need to do it. Yeah, I've kind of done away. And they also the version of the what I tell people is based. Uh, take a look at your crowd. I understand you want to talk to your buddies the whole time. If you're doing a show and just pay attention to crowd, look around, see the age limit, see what age group mm -hmm. you got there. Uh, if you notice a tickets that uh, of a big group of people there and they're from one, like a business or something, try to sneak them in. They'll love that. They'll, uh, they'll clap, they'll enjoy, they're part of the show, and uh, and they'll laugh and everybody else will laugh. Because if they just get the joke, they'll laugh too, and I'll make everybody else laugh. Yeah, yeah, because I talked about before, I talked about comics kind of being modern anything else right now and I'll give you a heads up your 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 mic is sound like it's echo it's a uh, vibrating i just want to give you a heads up if i don't know if you hear that it's still doing yeah it sounds like a, a robot voice but, okay but what it is is uh, right now like anything else People are still afraid to get out. I can understand this, but no, we just have a good crowd. Depends on who's there, to be honest. Dale Jones, I was just there this weekend to a huge crowd. Every show was sold out. And it just depends on who's there, to be honest. Like anything else before, it depends on who's there. But come, people need to come out and support live comedy. There's not, I know everybody's got these streaming networks. You can look up comedy 24-7 on these things. But you know, when you see these people live and yeah. see them work the craft live, that'll yeah. just blow your mind because everything you see 
on the uh, streaming networks and Netflix and all that stuff. That stuff has been stuff they've been working on for two two years. Yes. Now you get to see it working in person. They yes. can try new jokes. They may not hear, hear a joke you haven't heard before. One of my favorite things is to watch a comic on stage lose part of a joke and then come back and fix it. Like to see that happen live it is amazing because sometimes it's so seamless. Like in pro wrestling, unless you're just in the business, you don't even really know that there was a goof or a mess up. Speaking of goofs and mess up, something everybody has. The elimination chamber dropped on his head. Yeah. He was talking like he was trying to do a flip and he needed to lay out flat. I'm surprised that wasn't like a stone cold moment where he was paralyzed, dude. He was very lucky. Yeah. And it's uh, talking about the crowd and jumping around a little bit, but the crowd is so important to both our businesses. I've watched both without a crowd and both just don't work. I don't think, do you think people realize that are in the business or once they've been in it a minute, how important the crowd is to being actually a part of the show? Like probably it may be easier for your for comedy than it is for pro wrestling because a lot of those guys in there and they just want to do pretty moves for the people that came to see them. Or the right, they want the big high flying spot. Yeah, it's not. And the some, the, some some of the comics they don't realize that don't that when they first start off. I tell people if you get a laugh, enjoy the laugh. Right. Don't step on it. Don't rush to your next joke because you, you, you're cutting them off. They don't be cut off. Just right. enjoy the moment. If you're getting a big laugh you never got before, enjoy that moment because them moments don't come all the time. No. I've, came off, stage, I've came off stage sometimes thinking, what am I doing in my life? <laughs> <laughs> of course, yes. Like, I've come out of the ring. I've, I've, I've had a show, and just afterwards, you know – What's funny though is a lot of times when I go back and watch those matches or shows, they weren't as bad in my mind. And then there's sometimes where I felt like things have been spot on, and I went back and, and I caught stuff. Do you ever listen back? Do you record your shows or video recording? I do. I do record my shows, but I'm one of them comics that really can't listen to it. If I have a really good one, I, I listen to it. But if I have a bad one, I I know in the situation because I I've done it so long. I've I know where I, me- I kind of messed up at that moment. Right. Uh, or I come off stage going, oh, I forgot to do this joke. I forgot to do that joke. But, yeah, sometimes I go back and listen, but I can't listen to every one of them. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I can't listen to myself. It's one of them things like you. You probably sit there watching your best match you ever had, but you're sitting there going, I can't watch this. this uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Nuclear deal might be reached. If you see me looking over here, too, I can't remember if I told you this before. We have people that kind of ride in because it's YouTube Live, kind of like Facebook Live. So you see me over here for a second. We might have a question. Um, LT, L Tony 100. Yo, yo, L Tony 100. What's up? Uh, thanks for watching. Appreciate it. No, 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 no. Hey. <laughs> the co host, my beautiful wife, Jen, is right over here as well. Um, well, let's jump away from comedy a little bit and go to uh, some of my, my gripes, but they aren't going to be the same as other people's. Are you in any Titans fan groups on Facebook? Let me ask you. I am. I'm with the Chattanooga, uh, Chattanooga uh, Titan fan thing. That The one they have at the poorhouse, man. That's a that's an atmosphere. If you ever want to go, if you can't make it to the stadium and you want to go watch a game, it's a great place to go watch it with them. 
But Hanman by any chance, Hanman? Yeah, I know him very well. Yeah, he's a, he's he's fun to watch a game with. He gets he gets hyped up. It's fun. I met, I met him many years ago, um, backstage of the show, and I he, I took a liking to him from the very beginning. Um, I was a little younger in the business too. The veterans were a little rough with him, and he started out as a referee and stuff. But he was back there one day, and I noticed a necklace, and I and I got to looking. It was a Titans necklace, and I was like. I knew there was a reason I was getting a good vibe from this motherfucker. I'm not, <laughs> I knew it. So, yeah, Brandon's great. He's been on as well. We had a Titans episode. You should go check that out. Check out our predictions. First of all, I'm an well, idiot when it comes to all sports, but I like to have fun and pretend like I'm an expert like everybody yeah, else. Me so too. Like, seriously, I, I, I hate that I live in a time where I got to preface it with that. I don't feel like I'm an expert. I don't think my opinion is better than yours. I'm just having fun. I'm just talking off, off my head. I'm just riffing. Right. Um, the Titans, what do we need to do to get Super Bowl next year? It's just, we, the, the last game that I watched, it just seems like they were running so many different offenses. The offensive coordinator didn't know what he was doing. It just seemed out of whack. And don't get me wrong, I love Derrick Henry, and I, he's fun to watch, but he shouldn't have came back. Right. You can't tell me he wasn't running different from a metal boot, a metal thing in his foot. One foot was heavier than the other. I'm just thinking about that. Kind of makes it feel weird to run that way. He seemed a little tentative as well. There was a couple plays where he just, he didn't monster through things. You could tell, you know, something has changed. Um, what's with all the Tannehill hate? Let me, let me, let me just first say again, I don't know shit about football except just a little tiny bit compared to anybody else. But what I do know is Vrabel is an amazing fucking coach. Right. One of the smartest guys when it comes to the rule set that I've ever seen in football. And John Robinson, our GM, is also – we have a winning team when it comes to, you know, our GM, our owner, Amy, and and that I trust them. So when they say Tannehill's the man, then I trust that Tannehill's the man. Right. I hear that people don't like interceptions. Yeah. But are we in such a teardown society? Is that what it is that, like, they're like, let's get Aaron Rodgers. Like, he didn't make it to the Super Bowl either. So what are we actually trying to do here? What's well, Aaron Rodgers would be a step up. No offense, he would be a step up. Uh, but it's what you're going to give away to get him. You're going to give up the farm. You're going to give up everything. It's to the point where – we need one, nothing against Julio Jones, but we need another wide receiver. Right. AJ Brown's great. The offensive line was doing pretty decent, but the injuries got to them. You got to realize we use 91 different More players than ever in the history of the NFL. Yes, 91. You can't get on the same page at any time with 91. It just seems like when Tannehill had the ball in the playoffs, one, the offensive coordinator had so many weapons, he didn't know how to use them. And yeah. Tannehill was so confused, he was trying to figure out how to use them too. They weren't playing Titans football. Uh, uh, no. People are Titans fans know what I'm talking about. It was Like right. you said, it was a lot of the stuff was very confusing. A lot of the decisions were very confusing because there's patterns established, patterns in play that you get used to, and when they jump patterns, when it seems like now they have their whole team back together, everybody's healthy, the team that we play the Titans football with is now together, 
why didn't we go back to that, do you think? Because of so many people and they're so used to shuffling around, do you think it just got lost in the wash? Or? To the defense, man, you can't – you got – if we got nine – if you told me you would got nine sacks on Joe Burrow and still right. lost, I thought you were crazy. Right. But it looked like – nothing against Tannehill. He looked right. like he was doing a three-for-one deal. It looked like every three sacks you get an interception return. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of the way it went, though, isn't it? That's yes. Yeah, three and nine sacks, three interceptions, three for one deal. But Tannehill, you got to remember this. Without Tannehill in that time when Derrick Henry was down, we would have not beat Buffalo. Right. <laughs> we would have not beat the Rams, the Colts. There was a line of player teams that we beat that we – I had no idea we were going to beat them. Then we ended up losing the team. Like the in the league. Yeah. Like, there's no reason we should have been – with the injuries we have at that time to hang with the Rams, that super right. team. But we did. And Tannehill had a lot to do with that. Yeah. We forget about that. We're thinking about the last game. I completely understand. Trust me, I was mad too. But that man got us to a lot of games that right. we shouldn't have won. It's okay to be mad, but you, people give up on people too quick. Like one bad game, and people are calling for heads. Like our that in the groups. The reason I ask you is in the group. I've had to get out of almost every top group I was in because there's it, it's it's like these weird dysfunctional families and, and these people that want to rule over the sides and say you can't be upset or you're not you a can't Titans be upset fan. or you're not a Titans fan or you can't believe this way you're not a Titans fan. It's like how about we're all Titans fans with different perspectives and different opinions or being fans the best way we know how. Of course, there's different variables, different levels of knowledge and things like that. But at the end of the day, we all love the Titans, which is what makes you a Titans fan, right? right. So let's – Someone let's, who's also a Vols fan, trust me, I know what website you're talking about. I had to get off of them because because right. after one bad year, they want to fire every coach. Yeah, and, and I get that because they had that little, you know, brick by brick thing, but yes, God, Coach Jones, look, that dude's a used car salesman. He can sell yeah. the car, but he didn't know how to work on it. Yeah, no, yeah, that look, that's. I, I feel like the Tennessee Titans have been doing what the Vols said they were going to do years ago. If that makes sense, right? We literally have been building brick by brick. We always get good fucking drafts. We get good <laughs> trades. It, it, it seems like. They're really good at tightening things up. Do you see us going to and winning the Super Bowl? If everything stays to jail and Derrick Henry stays on the field, yes. Um, we can. Julio is going to be in and out no matter what. He's never going to have a full year. So don't expect that. A.J. Brown is going to be good. Our offensive line, Jones, when he's good, he's fucking good. Right. But it's not, he's not. No, it's just oh, – no. When you get that age, heck, I'm that age. I don't want to go yeah. to work. I'm hurting. You know, right. you, you're that age now. Do you? If they ask you to get in the ring right now, could you do it? Uh, could or want to? There's a difference. Uh, want to? Yes. Could probably not. Right. But yeah, just Julio is a. It was fun to have Julio. Yeah. But we, but we need some young <laughs> receivers, and we need one guy that's fast. Uh, we need that guy we can throw a deep one to. Oh, and, yeah. Deep ball. Yeah. Like God, open it up some more for Henry, right? So it takes some pressure off him. And Right. Because right now they're crowding the line. Yeah. We are great on the slant, but when they're crowding the line, they can they can, uh, they can can block, they can uh, they deflect the slant yeah. when they go in. 
and we're trying to work so much yeah we make it easy on them when they when they know we don't and and tammy hill can throw a good deep ball so if we get somebody to catch it well aj can't do it by himself Corey davis was pretty good but he wasn't as great as everybody thought he was he didn't do much with the jets but no one can be great with the jets right (laughs) I don't know. They beat us. We can't talk crap. They beat the Titans. All right. <laughs> we, yeah, that's you know that that was so difficult because the teams we beat were literally, you know, like playoff yeah, playoff teams, and then the teams we lost to were all under five hundred. They're one and two in the draft. Do we really need to beat the underdogs before we can win? Is that it? The psychological thing that we got to yeah, be? I think so. I, I don't know. It, it was confusing. Like, how do we lose to the Texans? Yeah. They don't know yeah. who the quarterback is. The Jets, it's just that if you look at the Jets game in the Arizona Cardinal game, if you look at it, our quarterback was sacked about five times. Yeah. And now, now Tannehill, as good as he is, and, and he's definitely uh, uh, the man going forward, but he's not getting any younger either. When do we start looking ahead to our future? Well, how do we balance our needs over the next year, two years, three years, maybe even four years versus long-term needs now? Well, he's, what, 32, if I'm not mistaken? Mm-hmm. Quarterback years, if he gets getting a hit like he is, he will. It, the quarterbacks yeah. get older, but they're the most protected position on the football field. Look at Tom Brady; he's forty-five. Yeah. Of uh, Fitzpatrick, uh, I can understand what you're saying, but I would, I wouldn't go all hands and get a quarterback now because you're pretty much doing a, a Jordan Love to Aaron Rodgers thing. Uh, yeah. There's more needs than trying to get a quarterback right now, yeah. uh, especially a backup. Because uh, a receiver would be great, a tight end would be great. Because wow. we are really good with tight ends. If we have a good tight end, we're game. That's our red zone right there. Yeah. Um, it's that, uh, especially walking one. <laughs> a tight end would be good. A wide receiver would be good. Uh, I don't know if we need more secondary help. We may need it, but for I've been, but I don't know if you've noticed this. The last two picks we've had in the first round have both came off major injuries. Yeah, Simmons, yeah. Jeffrey Simmons had the um, a torn ACL, and the Fairly kid who played Look, one game had back issues. Let me ask everybody that I talked to that I was excited about Simmons and gave me so much shit about. Oh, I'm he's a, never gonna be worth anything. He's never gonna get past his injuries. How we yeah. feel right now about that. Yeah. Okay? He's okay. pretty much an all pro. I trust my coach, you know. Vrabel is a very smart man. He's not going to take an unwarranted risk. Right. Like to me, the some of the, the big, you know, the biggest risk we've taken is Julio Jones. And and to a point he's paid off in some situations. Some he hasn't. We've could have used him, you know. Unfortunately, him and AJ getting hurt at the same time doesn't help either. I think that's what happened in the Jets game. We basically yeah. had all backup receivers. Yeah. Yeah, and and <sighs> we need a third option in a slot. We needed a good yeah. slot receiver. Yes. Uh, yeah, because that would open it up like back in the day to where we had so many options that it you know we really confused a lot of those defenses because they never knew what we were going to do, and I felt like we were headed back to that real close to it again, and then. 
it almost feels like the dam situation. Like you get your finger in one wall to stop the fucking flow of water, and then another little hole pops up. Um, how do we stop that from happening? How do we fix it once and for all? How do we just fucking paste over all of it with some flex seal or? The Julio Jones thing is he's going to be uh, that's going to be a hole in the dam we're going to have all the time because the gentleman is getting in age and he's going to have hamstring issues. Yeah. AJ Brown is a heavy, he's up the middle guy. And when you go up the middle like that, you are going to get lit up. These guys ain't playing, they're going to hit them. So, the best thing they need to do is get a third option. Yeah. If you look at the Chiefs, their wide receivers, they got so many options. So does the Buffalo Bills. Uh, it's just even the uh, I wouldn't say the Packers, I got Adams, and that's about it. I don't know any other receivers, but options is. Is the best res- result because look at this. Look at the Saints. They didn't have Michael Thomas. I mean Michael Thomas and yeah. all the receivers like Callaway and all them stepped up and did their job. Mm-hmm. They had a winning record with a guy that's a generic brand of Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's God. So you know, a lot of the guys retiring. We saw about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. But how weird is it to have all these guys retire now that, like, I'm in my second generation of players retiring now, close to the third. So it's even weirder now. Like, the first, when you start watching sports, you know, you're young, you're going to last forever, they're going to play forever, that's your team. I'm buying this jersey, then you realize the years go by fast. Like, then what? Yeah, like Peyton Manning. I watched him in college. Yeah. I was like, now we're like three deep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, holy crap, he just retired, and I've just watched him since I was a kid. Eli's gone. Eric's gone. Tom Brady's gone. Like, the last of what I would consider old-school guys is pretty much. But I am excited about the new the new generation of quarterbacks. You got uh, Josh Allen, that yeah. Patrick home matchup they had in the playoffs. Holy crap. Yeah. That overtime, they should change the rules. But we got Mahomes. We got Allen. We have uh, Jackson. If you can stay not, I'm not a Cincinnati fan in any shape, form, or fashion, but I love oh, that. I love Burroughs. Yeah. He reminds I'm me a lot of, of a young Peyton Manning because he seems so smart on the field. Right. Like, he seems like a natural. Like, things just click to him that doesn't seem like they should click. And and at that Titans game, shit, everybody's like, his coach, their coach should be coach years. Like, why? He called most of the plays on the field. You couldn't hear him being called in. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like, let's give him coach of the year. Why would we give yeah. him the other guy? He my respect when you get sacked yeah. nine times and you still win the game. Yeah. And he's so humble and he's so – just – I like the kid, you know? There's a lot I of people like, I like him. Like Brady or, you know, he's been really easy to hate and stuff. It's just something about him I, I can't really pinpoint. But, yeah, I really like that kid. He comes in with – he. I like how he comes in all these uh, different kinds of clothes. It looks like he's coming in like a – uh, wrestling mentality where he's coming yeah. in a match. I uh, the walk uh, out. Turtle man the net. Yeah, that was a yeah. big old chain. Yeah, and if, they asked him. They asked a millionaire if it was a millionaire if the chains he has were fake. <laughs> Here's the thing: it doesn't matter because he can afford them if he wants them. If they are, so why are you even yeah. asking? Yeah, that's why I said. Why well, are you asking a millionaire if the chains fake? For a totally different reason than the reason I do. Yeah. Like you're not going to shame him by. But the the this the 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 problem with this the Cincinnati Bengals is I watched that game. 
they need an offensive line, or are they going to get that man killed? <laughs> yeah, he's not going to stay too healthy too long with, with that offensive line. Yeah. Which, you, you know, do you think that uh, Mariota would have been any better if he'd had a line at some time or another? Do you think he just got sack shot, or do you think he was kind of overhopped and, and overrated? Uh, oh, I he was overhyped. Uh, I can see why he was a Heisman Trophy winner in Oak in Oregon, but yeah. they read the spread offense. Mm. We don't run nothing like the spread offense. They're straight shotgun, spread your wide receivers out, get the best athletes against the best corner uh, against the corners, and see who wins. Mm. And uh, and leave as many uh, and leave uh, and they pass heavy. Run when you need to. We are run first, play action, get the run going, get play action going. Yeah, which is what that's what I about earlier. Patterns so so confusing when we don't do that. Jumping back there, no. it's just it just seems like they were on all different pages. Because if you look, I forget his name, the backup running back that did a bunch of games. Derrick Henry was about getting two to three yards. Another gentleman, it, what was his name? Foreman. Yeah, he was getting about seven to ten yards in them drives against Cincinnati, yeah. and we quit using them. That that was confusing too. It's almost like we just decided to use Henry because, right? Henry was more of a decoy in that game than he was an asset. He was. Yes, he was. Oh God! Hopefully they'll, like you said, pack the front, put eight up front, fucking, you know. But without a good tight end, without. A good long ball, like eventually, like you can only you, you you can't do that for a whole fucking game, right? The first play, I looked at one of the guys at the watch party I was at, like, watch this. Their first play is gonna be a play action slant, and they did it, and it was an interception. It's almost like watching pro wrestling, being in the business a long time. Like you watch them long enough, and you're like, yeah, I see where we're going with this. <laughs> Which, if it's entertaining and or in football, you win the game, that's fine. But if you're not winning football games, and that that's a problem. Right. And any Titans fan know, remember them dark days where we were probably we were our best record was nine and seven three years in a row. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Mr. <I>, Jeff Fisher. <laughs> I, remember, I remember praying for a fucking eight and eight year. Like, if we could just have a 500 year, I feel like we could do yeah. it all. We had, uh, what was it? I remember clipboard Jesus. Jason. We had Jason White at QB. Yeah. Well, <laughs> our future was a gentleman named Muchenberger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if, if you're a Times fan then and you are now, then I got your back. I don't care what your opinion or perspective is or how much <laughs> is different from mine. You're diehard. Fuck all them other motherfuckers telling you how yeah. you should say. Them bandwagons, all the Sunday Times fans, right. Yes. Yes. It's It's – it's almost like um, uh, uh, this is my break your heart a little bit. I'm an Alabama fan, <sighs> but I was also an Alabama fan when we were losing 11 years in a row to the Tennessee Volunteers. I miss them days. Yeah, it's, so <laughs> people now they're like, "Oh, you're a, what do they call bandwagon. it?" Bandwagon. Yeah, bandwagon jumper. It's like fuck you. I sat through watching them fucking beat us year after year after year after year after fucking year, and now you're going to call me a bandwagon fan? It's like fuck you, buddy. They can't like, call me uh, a bandwagon fan. I've been a fan since I was a kid, and the last twenty years has been freaking hell. Oh man, depressing. I'm so well, I'm, 
Well, like what Heifel's doing with Tennessee. Yeah. He's making it exciting to watch. I went to a game. I had a blast. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been to a, a big college game. I've been to the Titans, but uh, mostly so. So mostly a lot of my family's from Alabama. Honestly, growing up, I was a Miami Hurricanes fan. It was a cool thing to know. Wow, you just uh, – you, you, wow, Miami Hurricanes to the Alabama, Alabama Crimson. Yeah, yeah I got you. <laughs> the split when it happened was mostly because I had so many asshole Tennessee ball fans that I wanted to be the heel. <laughs> I can see that. We can be so, assholes, but I'm a yeah. more of a realistic Tennessee fan. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, Alabama, I found out, you know, later Alabama fans can be too, but I didn't know it's time. I'm young now. There is no internet. There's no Facebook. Right. At this time, so when I made the switch, it was so that's why I tell people I'm not even really a big college football fan. I'm mostly an Alabama fan, so I can be a heel because I know whether you're a Vols fan or not, you probably hate Alabama. And I think it's funny that I do it too. People get so emotionally caught up in their team, their game, whatever. And I don't know, maybe I'm a troll, maybe I'm hashtag heel off, and it's just it's just a part of who I am. But but I I enjoy that aspect of it. of, of Maybe being a pro wrestler, you know, as a comedian, you know, we're all wanting to draw emotion out of our crowd, right? So right. it's just a way for me to draw emotion out of my crowd, like. Well, especially when, the, when you're when you're in a tri-state area and you, and you're surrounded by Tennessee fans, I can understand what you're saying. He's like, I want to be an yeah. Alabama fan, just rub the salt in the wound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. big ass wound we've had for about eleven years. Yeah, isn't that weird? That's yeah, eleven for eleven. <laughs> Yeah, it must be. I'll say it's y'all's turn, but I just don't think it's gonna happen anytime soon. Nice. Nah. We have a little bit of hope. Can you give us a little bit of hope? Yeah. <laughs> let, let me just say this though, saying that people play Alabama differently, and nobody plays Alabama no more differently than the Tennessee Volunteers. I always feel like you guys have a chance because you truly do want it that bad, and as a great man once said, "It's whoever wants it more." Right. <laughs> and, and, and I really do, because let me tell you, as an Alabama fan, I got fucking bored. I started praying for us to lose and everything. That's just like I don't. It's not fun anymore. I don't. Like, say, I, don't I would do, say that out loud that you were yeah, praying for Alabama. Out, I would, we'll edit this part out, even though we're live. <laughs> 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 I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. What you watch any combat sports? I uh, you uh one of my buddies uh, I got some buddies who live in uh, uh, Saudi Daisy huge MMA fans they could right. probably tell you more about it but I watch it uh I I like <laughs> I used to like Conor McGregor but that dude is um you don't trash talk when you break your fucking foot okay wow. <laughs> there's no wow. need for you to be sitting on your ass yelling at somebody saying you're gonna kick their ass when they just kicked your ass and you just yeah. broke your own damn foot yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it's showtime's over. Like it's not, I don't know. Yeah, that was a crazy, crazy moment. Time to humble up your ass. It's just, holy crap, dude! Like shut up. He kicked uh, your ass. You just broke your own yeah. damn leg. Yeah, I just I was I was just about to start whooping his ass right before he was whooping my ass and broke my leg. Like I'm sure you were. The weird thing is, he goes he he went into the fight with a fracture in that leg. Why in God's name was he kicking with that leg? You know, I don't know. And, and I talk to guys, and I can understand on a certain level, there's pride. And on a lower level, it comes to money because they're not, these guys, again, 
just like a, a brand doesn't mean no money. But he didn't need no money. Like I've talked to guys that push through injuries because they they couldn't afford to pull out of fights. Even right. some of the lower tier UFC fighters have not done that. But I don't understand at that level at that time, even that big a fight, why you wouldn't want to make sure you were as at least because you're not. It's like I, I talk to a lot of fighters, and one thing they'll tell you is there, there's no such thing as 100. percent But as close right. as that, no, you never you should be. And, and if you are willing to fight with those injuries, they cannot be an excuse. And that's starting to bleed into MMA, whereas you didn't used to see that in MMA as much as you did boxing. You know, boxing was, you know, I only slept seven and a half hours and eight hours. I would have whooped his ass. You started hearing, like, ridiculous excuses. It didn't even have nothing to do with training or nothing. You know, my girlfriend yelled at me before the fight. It's like, you're fucking making $8 million for this fight. I think you should be able to be emotionally mature enough. Yeah, it's to, in the focus. All right? You're getting a lot of money, and a lot of people are – Hey, that's that's why I don't like boxing. I, the lower boxing, they got pride. They want to yeah. do this. They got the hunger. When they get up to the big level, Tyson was a kid. Well, Tyson lost to uh, was it Riddick uh, Bo? Buster Douglas, his first but, loss. Thank you. Yes, yeah, there, there's no reason he should have lost that. Right. Right. And, no and I think that. also boxing. Is the most fixed sports ever. And when you get to, uh, to the big dogs. Next to pro wrestling, it, I, I believe it is too. And, um, you know, it's real super recent history where it was, it may not be common anymore, but it still happens. I mean, what the fuck is this Logan Paul shit? You can't tell me those aren't works. I'm a Logan Paul wrestler. Well, you know, the game, of course, you can. We can shoot the wrestlers that we're really hitting each other. But we still have it. Be back out of I did the best I could, and I lost. That's what I want to hear. Right. 
Don't be sitting on your ass, yelling at somebody and threatening their family. Humble your ass up and realize you just got your ass kicked for the third time in a row. Yeah. And you look like an ass. Now you, you lost three times in a row. You're the biggest moneymaker in the sport. You lost uh, the third fight in a row. Humble your ass up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, in pro wrestling, all the matches that I won were shoots, and all the ones I lost were work and fake. So they're not gotcha. all let a secret cat out of the bag. It was, when you um, lost, it was in the it was in the it was it, it was supposed to happen. Yeah, it was yeah, it was yeah, supposed yeah. to happen. Um, Speaking of wrestling, um, you were talking about people who take shots, and I've noticed over the years that there's been some really rough wrestlers like Nia Jax or Maya Jax or whatever his name is in Ryback. That guy. So let, I, me, let me make a real quick distinction before, before you get going. There, there's two different things. It, it seems like the same thing, but it's not. There's what's called stiff and there's dangerous. When I tell guys for the match, you can hurt me all you want to. Just don't injure me. I got to fucking go to work Monday. Right. The two people you mentioned are dangerous. And I'll, I'll go back into what stiff versus the other style is after I let you finish. But I right. But then, then it's just right back. That man's rough. And I can understand accidents because accidents oh, yeah. will happen like that incident with Stone Cold and Owen Hart. Yeah. That was a, a bad calculation on the drop on the power drive or whatever that move was. I think it was a power drive. Or the insulation at the, the the situation at Elimination Chamber, where uh, Drew McIntyre did the slam, Alabama reverse slam, yeah. and that I'm so happy that guy was able to walk away from that because that looked very dangerous. A, a wrestler in the past named Draws was dropped a little long, and he's you know um, paraplegic to this day. Right, I know who you're talking about. That was D'Lo Brown that yeah. did that. It was an accident. Uh, he was in that one thing that I find because I watched the the uh, the brawl for all. Brawl for all. That I watched that documentary and I remembered it and I listened to the, something to wrestle with. I find that to be the dumbest thing. You take real fighting into a entertainment wrestling. Yeah. And you and, try to mix it up. And, and they have no damn rules. Gloves and you can do takedowns, so it's this weird hybrid rules that nobody understands. Right. Like, if you would have made it a straight MMA match, I think it would have been more entertaining. I think where they yeah. fucked up was trying to make it some weird thing. Um, right. It just it was because I even asked the wrestlers in that situation because your 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 face of your uh, the face of your uh, inner. You're entertained the, the wrestling, the face is stone cold at the time. Yeah. Pretty much saying he's the champion of the fake wrestling. Mm -hmm. And we got this guy who wins a straight up fight. Dude, he's yeah. our I'm like, you can't have both. Yeah. You can't. It's it's yeah, and it's so funny watching the documentary how it got started off of the, you know, what's his name being pissed at Justin. Bradshaw, oh, yeah. so, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Vince Russo, Vince Russo, that dude right there. I want to give him a round of applause because he destroyed WCW. We didn't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> that dude, I 
wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was bad wrestling. I didn't even watch it. I just because I'm a I'm a during the Monday Night Wars, everybody loved to flip back and forth. Yeah. I was all WWE all the time. I watched Raw. I taped it. I watched it. The good old days, and I had a lot of buddies who were big WWE. They would watch back and forth, and I didn't because I'm loyal. When I'm loyal to something, I I just watch it. Like the Titans, I just root for the Titans and the Vols. Right. right. And uh, and I, I'm loyal to that thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard for me to flip back and forth. Like AEW. Yeah. I went to an event. It was fun. Yeah. But I, it's just, it's. I feel like I was cheating on uh, cheating on a loved one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I get that. Um, it's different for me because when I grew up, there was like five hours of pro wrestling on Saturday, and I watched so many different wrestlings. And I didn't discover WWF All American Wrestling till it got in that lineup right before. Right. I don't know if you remember a thing called Kung Fu Theater. No, I don't remember that. It used to come on. It was the uh, uh, the badly dubbed Kung Fu martial arts movies back in the day. Uh, it was always the cheesy, of, the cheesy was, comedy movies. Yeah, as a little boy, they were amazing. I, you know, if I watched one now, I probably couldn't sit through the whole thing. But you know, I did the sound effects and everything. But I, if I, you go like, back and watch that. anything that you were a kid, you probably can't sit yeah. through it. Yeah, <laughs> like the Masters, that movie, The Masters of the Universe, yeah. the He-Man no, movie. Couldn't sit through I, that again. <laughs> I almost couldn't sit through that the first time. To be honest with you. <laughs> or Ninja <laughs> Turtles three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know, man. It's such a crazy changing world we have. Do you feel yeah. Do you feel like it's passing you by sometime? Is it one, one of the I'm, things? I'm, I just turned 40, and I seem like life is passing by pretty quick. Right. Before you knew, it's already in the middle of, it's the middle of February. I just feel like I had New Year's New Year's about yesterday. Because I, I turned 40 December 30th. The next day is New Year's. Pretty much, and then it's all, it's just, yeah, it's just flashing by. We're almost to WrestleMania, and that's in April. We just had a SummerSlam about two months ago. Well, we just had the uh, Elimination Chamber this past weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And crazy about Peacock too. I didn't know that. I thought there was still a WWE network. I got Peacock because I knew Halloween movie was going to be on it. And next thing I know, that is a WWE network. I was like, what? They, they switched over the Peacock game a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> they so can't find it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But it's it's still okay. It still has its glitches when everybody gets on at one time. It kind of okay. glitches, but it's it's been okay. Uh, I, I like Peacock today. Yeah. The what? With the streaming, it's kind of what people are used to anyway. The yeah. probably some of the problems. Yeah, I know people but, that don't, they they don't watch cable. They'll watch the streaming version of all those shows, and I'm like, I can watch my cable. Watch my cable. There's no lag. I don't have to worry about the volume being weird. Just right. I like the streaming stuff. I'm great that there's that many entertainment options out there, but it, it sucks kind of too because there's usually one or two things I like about each one. Right. And you got to have 37 different streaming things to get that one or two things. Yeah. And then, of course, you get that 32. That show ends. Now you don't even watch this one. And the show comes up on another one you don't have yet. It's like, what? Right. 
yeah. It's weird. It's it, like my buddies go, hey, why don't you get this one? Like, I got five streaming things on my phone. I don't need no more. I barely yeah. watch two of them. <laughs> barely. Yeah. It, it was just. I and eventually, I, there won't be no cable. No, eventually, there won't. And it, it's funny. I always wish there was packages and cable and they could do this with streaming. They're starting to bundle them together. But I thought, why can't we offer each one parent company over several of them? You pick which streaming you want and pay like one month. It's one, one price a month. I almost thought that in cable before all the streaming got popular. I thought, you have me this out of 150 channels, I watched eight of them. Right. But I need your silver package to get those fucking eight. How about right. each channel costs a little bit and you let me put together as many channels as I want? So, like, you know, Make uh, it customize your own thing that you want. Yes. Let, let it be more customizable. Right. Because eventually, because right now, you could get all the streaming networks and pay about 60, 70 bucks. Yeah. Right now I'm paying $130 for satellite. Yeah. And the only reason I do that, because my girlfriend who, uh, uh, is, uh, stays home a lot and she's used to the channels. And I only do it for her. Right. May I barely watch anything on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so weird because it's such a transition because I used to watch so many shows, but I just don't watch that much. I, 90% it's, it's it's combat sports, Tennessee Titans football, podcasts, horror movies. Right. Anything you can, like, if you're, like you said, on the streaming network, if you're not able to watch it that day, in two or three days, it's going to be on, a, on an app. You can yeah. watch it then. Yeah. And yeah, you're not paying $130 for a satellite. <laughs> we know the download and piracy was such a big thing and until – it started leaning towards this and then it kind of went away. But with it now, there being, you know, 50 different streaming things, like if they're not careful, it, like I feel like that's going to bring resurgence back. Uh, and more people are just going to be getting those Fire Sticks, Roku's, whatever the hell they are, where they get the the free streams or whatever, however they do. Yeah. yeah and that's, I, I mean, at some point, your greediness, I think, it, it, there's no, the cost rewards, you got to think of that at, at, at some point, I would think. Right. And, it, and if, like I said, if everything, uh, it's just, uh, she stays home a lot. And the only reason why I got Satellite is because she enjoys it and she has a lot of channels she wants. I oh. barely watch Satellite. Uh, I watch when football season's on, that's when I mostly watch Satellite. So so basically what you're saying is she's lazy and you have to furnish her with this TV, spending millions of dollars, because if not, she'll hate you, right? I'm no, it's not I'm not paraphrasing, but is that kind of the general concept of the? It's a complicated thing. It's more of a personal thing because she, her health is not the best in the world. Oh, I'm sorry. And, to hear that. and she stays home a lot because she she's not able to get a lot out a lot. And and I want her to be comfortable what stuff she wants. And uh, and if it's willing to spend 130 dollars a month, I'll do that as long as she's comfortable and able to enjoy what she can. Yeah. And, and even if she wasn't, I'm just, if you stay home, whether you're sick or not and stuff, I'm, I'm just teasing, of course. Right, right, right. Um, uh, you know, I know how the powerful women are and how much work they put into things, even if they don't right. have an official job or a paycheck, uh, uh, which is a lot even harder work because you're doing it for free. Um, right. Shout out to all the men and women who, who, who do that. And, and I've done it before. I've been a single dad. I've been at home by myself and had to handle yeah. it. I grew up with a single mom. It's yeah, and yeah. a single parent is the less thankful job in the world. They don't yeah. get much thanks they do. No. My mom worked two jobs, 
put herself through college and took care of me at the same time. My dad was in the picture, but he was also, he worked a lot too. He was a manager of a grocery store. He was needed there a lot. I had my time with him and I, and I hung out with him. I still do now. It's just when you sit back and you think about it now, being a single parent is the most, they don't get thanked a lot. No. And I know they don't want thanked, but they should be thanked. Yes. Instead of That's once exactly. a year on Father's Day and Mother's Day, they need to, they, they need to just go, right. hey, you're doing a great job. Thank you for everything you're doing and sacrificing your insanity sometimes yeah. to make sure your child has a life that you want it to have, the best yeah. he can have. Because a lot of people choose that. Yeah, you know, a lot of people choose another way and no judgment that way either because I'm not in their mind, I'm not in their shoes, and I don't know what they're going through or, or why they might be in that situation. But right. not everybody makes good decisions for whatever reason. Um, skipping back around, I'm horrible at segues. Excuse me for, for that. but. <laughs> It's hard to segue on that, ain't it? Yeah, now we're talking about trees. We're going to talk about cars. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> talk about how fast time's going by and, and, and coming out the shows and stuff. Uh, before we wrap it up, um, do you have anything coming up? Anything on the horizon? Any I was going to be uh, uh, this uh, March 4th and 5th. I'm going to be ho uh, hosting for At the Comedy Catch for. Jerry Harvey is a local comic. He was also on uh, 102.3, the radio, uh, for a talk radio for a while. Very funny gentleman. He was actually my mentor when I first started. He ran the open mic. And if you ask him himself, uh, ask him himself, he saw me the first time and said that he thought this kid ain't going to make it. And nine yeah. years later, he's looking at me going, you have proved yourself a lot. Yeah. Um, his first, one of his first things he ever showed because I was emceeing at the old comedy catch, mm -hmm. he and, I, and we went on a little. Uh, he wanted me to ride down the road with him to the gas station because he wanted to tell me some. His mm -hmm. thing, his first thing he told me to uh, his pep talk was, "Don't fuck this up, okay?" <laughs> I'm like, "All right, Jerry, I won't." <laughs> and you know what's crazy is I'm sure to you in your own way and his own way that was probably some of the best advice you ever got. Some of the best yeah. advice I ever got about doing this. Uh, podcast was for my brother and he just said do you right be you like, holy shit like that's it, it's so easy to think and profound that it, like you overlook things like that so it's good to have those people that, that keep it simple for you right because if you keep watching these people that's doing this for a living you want to be them so you start trying to you think you think you need to be that person but to be honest right. when you be yourself People draw to yourself when yourself than when you're when you're trying to be someone else because they can see through the see through the BS. Yes, they yes. want you to be yourself. So Thank you, Jim. Speaking of seeing through BS and keeping me on my toes, she's she's a master <laughs> of that. I, I couldn't. You probably need to thank her more than that than anybody. <laughs> said, no, I'm just going to pee. You're welcome. Like, yeah, but. <laughs> Well, yeah, but that's pretty much it. March, uh, March 4th and 5th, I got a show. I'll be recording at that time. So if you do come to the show, please laugh. If you laugh, the people that watch the video that I'm sending this to will actually think I'm funny. Awesome. And I may actually get booked at other places. <laughs> Look, uh, if you'll give me a T-shirt, you see I like T-shirts, I'll laugh through the whole show. Not I'm not that. that famous enough to have T-shirts. I can barely afford gas to the club. <laughs> no, really, I don't have T-shirts. When you're MCing, you really don't have the options to sell T-shirts. 
it's when you get to uh, uh, featuring and headlining, that's when you can. So, and I really don't have that hook yet to uh, why I want to pin on t shirt. Remind me when we get off live, I'm going to tell you the place you need to go to because at some point in time, you're going to want to have something. Right. Oh, and yeah. I've always got something in my head when I want to do on Facebook, on um, and this place that I go through, well, I'll, I'll tell you about it here in a minute. We'll, we'll wrap it up, and, and I'll tell you all about it. But um, is there any other shout-outs? Any, any, I keep saying sponsors. I've talked to so many fighters lately. I'm like, have any sponsors you need to shout-out? So I don't suppose you I would like to have sponsors. If you want yeah. to sponsor me, you can uh, uh, text me. But that's I don't think many people sponsor people in comedy. I'm not a NASCAR driver. I can't go in there to onesie with all these patches on me. I don't know why not. That could be your thing. I want to give this joke. This joke is brought to you by. <laughs> yeah, right. Each one. Yes. All the product. Well, I off the road, but before I talk about that, let me talk about how delicious and refreshing Aquafina is. Yes. Yeah. I don't think Michael and Fano or other comedy clubs would be happy if I did that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really can't wait to see you live. I love comedy. Uh, 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 I love going out and seeing it live. Like I said, um, support your local artists, whether it's pro wrestler, music, whatever you're into. Go right. see it live. I promise it's it's a whole different vibe and ex experience. And I will say this, there are a bunch of different, nowadays everything's in a thousand genres, music, comedy, everything, there's there's tops. Every type of genre I can think of, I've seen come through comedy catch. And though there may be a genre, that, a genre itself you don't find funny, I love all genres and I have not seen an un, who I would label, I'm nobody, but who I would label personally, in my opinion, I've never seen an unfunny. There's never been somebody who hasn't made me like a comedy catch. So well, there's more. No the story is the way because he didn't make me laugh because the way his attitude is, but that's a different story. People yeah. like Polly Shore, I don't. <laughs> right, right. That, some have been funnier than others. Um, oh yeah. I, I, you know, and and I enjoy open mics for the very same reason, just because you know. You know, and speaking of open mics, go to your open mics. Not all of them. You're not going to enjoy every one of them, but that person's only going to be on stage for maybe five minutes or less. Be yeah. a little patient because <laughs> you may yeah. like the next one. You might, and there's so many little jewels that you don't even realize. And at those open mics, a lot of times established guys are coming there to work out the material. So, one, you never know who you're going to see there. Two, you, you get to see all parts of the process, too. You get to see people who it's their first time who were maybe – this This is personal experience. You, you go to an open mic and you see the guy that was um, the guy in school, so everybody liked him and laughed because he was the guy. And now he's not the guy anymore, but he thinks he's the guy and he's up there on right. stage with no jokes because right. he's funny. Which is funny. I don't need jokes. Um, yeah. Watching him die is fucking hilarious as some yeah. of the other people joke. So you're going to be entertained, whether it's it's silly, good, whatever. Go to open mic, support comedy. If you if you like or love comedy, go. And there there's so many different styles these days that if you don't like dirty words, that's fine. There's a lot of great clean comments out there. If you like right. dirty words, Brian Smith, he says all of them in his act. Um, sometimes right. loss. Uh, you know, there, there's Eric who talks about his life. There's other people who do talk about politics still. And religion and stuff like that. Just, they're not, they're up there for fun. Yeah. But you're not going to know if you don't go see them. Right. 
you might find someone you like. You might find someone for the first time you've never seen in 10 years. You got, Oh, and you see him on TV. Like I saw that guy's open mic and look what he's doing now. And it give you a little bit of a pride. Like sometimes when I see those comics, because I've been at the comedy catch, I used to go religiously every Thursday to the comedy catch and see comics that not many people know, and now they're on TV. They're doing this, like uh, Dusty Slay. If you have, he's on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. He, I've worked with him a couple times. He's a great guy. He started out in open bikes. Corey Ryan Forrester, the liberal redneck. I've worked with him. I did open mics with him. And Some of my I know favorite comics, really, all my favorite comics from Dave Chappelle to Joe Rogan, they all started out in open mics. Right. They had to start somewhere. They didn't they just somewhere. Out and land on Netflix. <laughs> no. And it's fun to watch the journey. It's fun because, you know, you may not be able to get some open mic that much. So I watch one now, and then I go back in six months, and I see this guy that was kind of funny kill a joke now. And that's fun. It's fun watching people grow. And it's fun to see resilient people because there's some people who just don't improve at all, but they have a passion and a love for it. They might get one or two laughs, but they're still there presenting themselves. Yeah. And I like those people are glad they, they're coming too because – if there's something you can do creative and you have a passion for it, quit worrying about will I be good or will anybody like me? Just fucking do it. Right. Um, the only way to fail, yeah, it's the only way you fail is not to, to try, right? Yeah. That, that's why I'll ask a lot of the guys, what was it? Because whether it's rap or pro wrestling, there's usually a trigger. There's usually something, usually a friend, a fault. Uh, uh, somebody tells us we can't do it. Somebody tells us we can do it. There's always almost a trigger to where that moment changes in our mind from, because you may have entertained it and thought that'd be cool, but you don't think about it seriously until that trigger happens. So it's always interesting yeah. to me to find well, out. Well, because I grew up on Foxworthy. I respect comics. They can get on stage and make people laugh. I respect Jeff Foxworthy. And I, before he came a very, very, very creepy guy, I like Bill Cosby. And yeah. uh, and I remember because he, and, and I want let's take a moment because I remember watching this episode on the Comedy uh, Central the amazing Jonathan. That was I a fun thing. Day. I'm broken yeah. Long, bro. Yeah, that hurt. And he was his. He was his yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was having some rough times, but we were hoping to get out of it. But the demons get the best of everybody. Yeah, that's true. Ozzy Osbourne's still alive. We still don't know how. <laughs> Look, Keith Richards. <laughs> that dude's a zombie. You can't tell me he's alive. <laughs> you, you know, when you see that fighter and boxer or whatever get knocked out, and you know they're knocked out, they may still be standing up. It's like, rest off, and they're out on their feet. That's Keith Richards. He's dead on his feet. Like you said, I'm not a zombie. <laughs> that dude's a. <laughs> That I don't, and they're still touring. I don't know if they, I don't know if they're just really bad with money or they just like entertaining. But what are things? <laughs> Have we not solved the insecurity issues yet? Yes. <laughs> Mike, I've only slept with 6,000 women and 4,000 yeah. men. Yeah. I still don't know if people love me. Yeah, he hasn't caught all the STDs yet. <laughs> yeah, there's still a couple left. Yeah. I'm going through the alphabet. I still need Z, X, and Y. Yeah. So. He has a health card that had the stamps on it. He needs to get too much stamps on it out of the health card. <laughs> yeah. Well, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. It has been oh, awesome talking to you. Awesome conversation. Uh, I definitely want to do this again. Um, if you ever have anything coming up or you need to push anything, let me know. Make sure you tag me in your stuff. Will do. Yeah, we stay busy doing all kinds of crazy stuff too, but if uh, hopefully we'll get a chance, especially since you're you know, around here sometimes, to come and see you. 
Um, but if we get don't get the chance, I hope that everybody else that's watching does. Thanks for the live viewers that we're watching. Uh, no questions tonight. So um, if you have any, feel free to still DM me. Um, thank you, Eric Lonis. Uh, don't forget about March 4th and 5th. Uh, come back be on the show. The thing I tell this to all my guests that's really important to me is, is to show my appreciation and gratitude because you gave me a, a gift that you can't give back, and that's time. So thank right. you for giving me some of, some of the time out of your life and taking away from other things to share with both me and the people that watch my show. I appreciate well, it, Well, thank you for having me on here, man. I love podcasts. I love listening to them. I always wanted to be on one, and thank you for letting me uh, take time. Uh, I know you're probably going to find someone more entertaining. <laughs> but I'm glad you're able to have me on there and I, I'm glad to be on here. It was a great conversations. There's yes. nothing more I like to talk about than a uh, uh, football comedy and life. Yeah. Well, next time we'll talk about something less controversial and more fun, like abortion or something. Okay. Yeah. Right. right yeah. We gotta, we gotta get you canceled eventually. All right. We have canceled eventually. And we gotta get you someone famous that you can give health, uh, health uh, 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 advice to like yeah, someone that- like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, because right now I'm just the wish version of Joe Rogan, so I got to make people kind of care about me enough to want to cancel me first. Right. And you so, don't have no one famous calling you. Like the first thing I asked you was, "Do you have anyone famous you're giving advice to?" <laughs> <laughs> no, they give it all to me. I'm not the mentor. I'm the mentor. Let me tell you. So yeah, you'll get there eventually. Baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> well, hang with me. I want to talk to you about the T-shirts and a couple other things afterwards. Um, thanks for me. Uh, my wife has been wonderful. She's made some coffee for me. She's probably making her some coffee, so I know she would say <laughs> bye. I want to say bye to you. Uh, she's amazing. She's the backbone of this program and the reason I can do it. So thank you. and Shout out to you, baby. Uh, shout out to your girlfriend as well for putting up with you because after now, I'm not sure how she does it. Uh, and, and we'll... <laughs> I'll shut up now, man. Thanks everybody for watching. We're going to uh, thank everybody. Back at home.